You are listening to the Mother Good Podcast, episode number 29. I'm your host, Emily Carney. We at Mother Good believe that there's no way to be a perfect mom, but many ways to be a good one. Our content is judgment-free within the context of evidence-based research. This episode is sponsored by Sacred Blossom Living Herbal Teas. The leaves are grown on a small farm in Wisconsin and shipped straight to your door. When I first opened the box of tea I received from them, I couldn't believe how fresh the tea leaves looked and how wonderful it smelled, and the tea is also very delicious. I don't know about you, but one of my favorite ways to relax at the end of a long day chasing a toddler around is to sit down and sip a nice cup of hot tea. And in times like this, when it's hard to go grocery shopping or inventory is very limited or there's nothing on the shelves, it's so easy to have the tea shipped straight to your door. They have three flavors, Angel, Tiger, and Dream. Tiger has a caffeine-like substance that provides energy. Angel has a gentle, minty, and sweet flavor. And Dream is the most relaxing. It's a calming tea and also very tasty. So treat yourself during these strange times and order a box of fresh and delicious tea from Sacred Blossom Living Herbal Teas. You can use the code MOTHERGOOD for 15% off. Visit sacredblossomfarm.com to place your order. And again, use the code MOTHERGOOD for 15% off your order. Welcome to another episode of the Mother Good Podcast. I know you will really enjoy my conversation today with Darianella Barrett. She is a school teacher with many years of experience, and she shares educational and free activities to do with your kids indoors, and they're activities that kids of all ages can do. I know that a lot of us, especially during this quarantine and pandemic, are looking for activities to do with our kids, but this is also a great resource for rainy days or snowy days or days when you're just staying inside. I also like how Darianella doesn't put any pressure on us to do a ton of educational activities. It feels like a lot of parents feel the pressure to do all these super crafty activities and pack in every hour and second of the day with educational activities or even just fun activities to do with your kids. And I like that aspect of our conversation as well that Darianella says that to be easy on yourself during these times and that you don't have to pack every second of the day with an activity. So so that was nice to hear as well. I don't want to spoil this episode and give any previews of the activities because I'm going to let Darianella do that for herself. So with that, without further ado, here is my amazing conversation with Darianella who gives tips on educational activities to do with your kids at home. Hi, Darianella. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Emily. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you on. I know that you've submitted uh, a clip a few episodes back on Can Moms Really Do It All that I really liked. And so we've kind of been in touch since then. And I know since you're a teacher that you also are very knowledgeable on educational activities to do with children. So I'm so excited to talk about those activities since everyone is pretty much stuck inside right now um, or you know, for the foreseeable, at least the next few weeks. So uh, maybe if you could just start off by telling everyone about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you again, Emily. I'm, I'm so glad to be here and to share a little bit of my knowledge. Um, my name is Darianella and I have four children. Uh, my oldest, she is forgetting her age, but she'll be 10 in August. I have a 10-year-old, um, Alexandra. She is eight. My son is seven and my uh, baby, she's four months old. So I, I 
I'm a little busy at home. I'm married. Um, I've been married for 10 years and I am an ESL teacher. And what that means is that I teach English as a second language to students that recently arrived to the United States or that, um, either, you know, we're born in the United States and have family members that speak a different language. Therefore, they're native, uh, or their home language is um, other than English. It could be any other language. Um, so I've been doing that now for about three years, but I've been teaching for about um, 12. So. And before that, you said that you were a classroom teacher? Yes, that's right. So prior to becoming uh, English, um, English as a second language teacher, I was a classroom teacher, and I did that for five years. So I taught kindergarten first grade and second grade. Perfect. I love that so much. So could you talk about now, I guess, what are some basic activities that parents could be doing with their children, especially indoors right now? I'm not sure what age groups are the most appropriate. So I'll leave that up to you to break it down between age groups. But I thought we could just go over, you know, a handful of activities to do in each age group with just most common items that people probably already have at home, or maybe they can easily get. Right, right. I know that, um, it's it's such you know crazy times, and as parents now we kind of have this role of of having to help our students, uh, our children, with um, not only their daily routines but also with schoolwork. And one of the first things that I kind of, um, as a parent and as an educator, kind of want to say is that you know we uh, we sort of as parents have to take it slow and do the best that we can with what we have. And it's really neat because some of the, um, depending on what district and, you know, what part of the country you're in, um, schools have given either mandatory or optional work. So um, first and foremost, you know, we should sort of, doesn't matter what grade, you should start with your kid with whatever the school has provided, whatever the classroom teacher has given you to work at home. Um, whether it's mandatory or optional, that's that will be sort of my first recommendation. Um, the teachers have put into place, um, taken into consideration that some parents may not have devices. Um, so uh, some activities may be with no technology. Others may have a lot of technology. So that's uh, something to take into consideration. But um I think that now is a really fun time for parents to kind of bridge education with home life. Um, And again, like you mentioned, a lot of the things, basic things that we already have at home that we can use and turn them into something um, academic. And with something that I've been doing with my own kids is I I sort of try to focus on three core subjects, which is um, reading, writing, and math. Um, Kids across great. They, those are skills that they need. And, um, you know, like the writing skills, you can use them in science. Reading skills, you use them in social studies. So um, some of um, some of the activities that I've been doing at home with my kids that have been super fun um, um, is, number one, read out loud. We have really just, we can't check out books from the library because our local library is closed. So what we've been doing is just Rereading old books that we have in our uh, in our bookcase and having 
simple read out louds. And that takes five minutes and I read to them. Sometimes my oldest reads to the kids and we sort of take turns reading. And then we talk about the book and we sort of say, you know, um, what do you think the character was trying to say? Um, why do you think there's an exclamation mark instead of a, um, a period? So we, we have those conversations. And I think that a, a, a read it laws are a really good activity to do from age two all the way to, I mean, uh, even eighth graders. Eighth graders, they may not say it, but they really do like read out loud. So um, that's that's a really uh, practical and uh, activity that parents can do at home. Um, as far as writing, and this is new for us. Um, we've never done this before, but we started doing it now. It's been two weeks because we've been home for three weeks now. Um, we started a journal. And um, I, on one of my runs to the grocery store, I stopped at the dollar store and got my kids three, you know, from the dollar store, three journals, notebooks. And I told the kids, I'm putting the timer on and we are going to write for five minutes. And what we're going to write about is you can write anything. And some kids may need more prompting. Like some, like I have one, one of my kids that was like, okay, I'm just going to write about everything I, I did yesterday. And then there's other, um, I have another uh, child that needs uh, more, a bit more scaffolding, needs a bit more help. So I ask questions of, you know, what is something that you're grateful for? Um, what do you think about COVID-19? And it's been really neat because I don't use their journal as a way to, uh, you know, check grammar but I do use it as an emotional and as a writing um, uh, opportunity because um, it's, I'm able to see like they're putting their feelings into paper and it's been a really neat experience seeing what they think of what's going on around the world. And I told them, I said, you know, we'll make sure to keep these journals so that way when you guys get older, you can give this to your kids, to your own children, and you can share with them like, hey, this is, you know, what was going on during these crazy times, you know? So is that something that toddlers can do too? Maybe just color in a journal and yeah. I don't know, I mean, like older toddlers and obviously they can't write, but maybe right. they could just drop pictures and exactly. stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So it can really be differentiated. So for, uh, for per se, like a three-year-old or four-year-old, um, well, you can you can have the conversations, even though they may not um, be um, talk much about it. But when it comes to the writing portion, um, you can model, you can show them like this is what I'm writing about, how I'm feeling, or what I'm grateful for, and a, something simple as drawing a picture and um, writing a word about the picture, and then. So you're modeling that to the child and then you have the child do it on its own. And next thing you know, the more practice, the kid, it's really, it really, he, he or she really picks up on, on, on that strategy. So, um, so yes, it could be as simple as uh, drawing a picture that's totally age appropriate. And even if they don't um, write anything about it, uh, about it or write any words per se, a picture that's enough. I mean, you're sort of, um, building up those muscles of writing and, and journaling, which I think it's uh, 
it's a good skill to have across borders. So, um, so yeah, so that's sort of what I do with my kids as far as writing. And we've been doing it every day. And sometimes they'll let me read what they wrote. They want me to read it and they want it. They want to talk about it. There's other times where they, um, they're like, no, you know, we'll talk about it later or you can read it tomorrow. But I make sure to at least have a chance to um, talk to them about what they wrote and give them some type of feedback. Um, so if there's drawings, if my son, for, for example, yesterday, he only drew a picture of um, the coronavirus. And and I said, oh, why did you, why did you just, um, why, did, why was there only a drawing? And he said, oh, that because that's all I wanted to draw. Um, that was good enough. And, you know, and I said, okay, fine, that's. That's great, but um, I always try to use that moment as a, as a, uh, to give them some feedback and just to you know make that connection with them when it comes to their uh, their writing. So that's kind of what I've been doing uh, with writing, and that's been a really fun experience. So I, um, I'm looking forward to picking up on this habit and maybe you know continuing once the kids do go back to school. What do you think about? Audible or books on tape or YouTube. I know they have some read-alongs too. Do you think those are a a good resource or recommend that like in addition to reading out loud for maybe some moms who, I don't know, they're either working from home or need to occupy their kids while they get some other things done? Yeah, no, I think that that's, it's a fantastic resource. And we do, um, we use our Hoopla, which is an app that, is uh, provided to us through our uh, local library. And oh, what is it called? What's the it's, app called? It's called Hoopla, H-O-O-P-L-A. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It's an app. It's free um, usually. And the library is a great resource. Um, I highly recommend, I mean, everything is free and sometimes you don't need to, you don't, you don't need to have a library card in order to have access to their resources. But um, the app Hoopla, you can download um, books for free. And that's another another resource that we use during um, Read to Self. That's sort of what we call it here at my household, where I have the kids. Um... This episode is sponsored by the book Flip Flops and Microwaved Fish, Navigating the Do's and Don'ts of Workplace Etiquette. If you're a working mom like me, you need all the help you can get in navigating the do's and don'ts of workplace etiquette. Peter Yawitz's book, Flip Flops and Microwave Fish, does just that. From work-life balance to asking for a raise to dealing with difficult coworkers and bosses, Peter's book offers some humor and invaluable tips that any working mom would find invaluable. The book is also a great graduation gift and a must-have for any college-aged children or soon-to-be graduates that you know. Peter Yawitz's book is available wherever books are sold, and he even has an accompanying podcast where he interviews young CEOs to get their perspective as well. Visit Peter Yawitz, that's Y-A-W-I-T-Z dot com to get your copy of Flip Flops and Microwave Fish. And don't forget to check out his podcast as well. I don't have enough devices for all of my children to use at once, so they do have to uh, take turns. So we do it, um, each kid has about uh, 20 minutes to listen, to pick a book that they want to read from Hoopla or any other book that they, um, any read at Laos that have been offered through YouTube, um, their school, my children's um, school, every day they're doing uh, bedtimes 
bedtime stories. So the principal goes on to the local Facebook page and and reads the story out loud. So that's something else that we do. Oh, that's nice. I like that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really neat. Um, so um, classroom teachers, are, I know that they are, they miss their students and they're just sort of, they want to help parents. So if, if you find yourself running out of resources at home, um, your child's teacher is a phenomenal resource. Like tell her what it is that you need and they're more than happy to um, give you a more personalized, uh, tailored to your child's need um, and so that your kid can be engaged at home. So um, that's sort of, so, so that's some of the things that I do. And as far as math, we really keep it simple. Math is my least favorite subject, um, I have to admit. And um, so we just do it really simple. We count money. We um, count dollar bills. I have the kids go around and and, and find different, um, they each have their weekly allowance. And, you know, when it's time to count how much money they have, they're really excited to show me, you know, uh, how much, oh, mommy, I know how to count um, by tens or uh, for my son, or I know how to count by fives. Um, so uh, I really do try to keep it simple, as simple as I can. I also do a lot of like the, when we're doing, when we're baking, I like to incorporate the reading. So I have some of the kids read the recipe and, um, and also uh, do the math with the measuring. That's, that's a fun way. Um, but if you, if, if parents are more interested in, because there's great resources online, there's a website uh, called IXL.com. Um, they offer great reading and uh, math uh, games that kids can do independently. Um, it's free. And at times there are schools that um, uh, some children, depending on your school, they may have uh, free access to all of the resources that come with the site. Um, complimentary because it's through the school. Um, so that's what I'm looking at that site right now. And it looks, it looks amazing. I've never heard about this before. Yeah, it's a really great site. And it's also what's really neat about it is that you can, um, tailor um, the assignments by grade. So once you're on the website, you can, um, if your child is in second grade, you click on second grade and it will take you to the different, um, the targets or the learning goals. So if you're, if you want your child to practice how to count by twos, then they'll have that option there and they'll have different, um, I believe at least five to 10 questions that um, uh, the child can complete on its own. I recommend, you know, not to, if you want the kid to be able to do it independently, maybe to do, do more of a review, um, uh, practice those skills that are more of a review instead of, instead of, you know, having them do a skill that's more challenging and that may require, um, may require a, an adult to be there all the time. So um, that's one that I highly, uh, highly recommend. I Yeah, I'm looking at the, the pre-K section since my, my daughter is two, mm-hmm. almost two and a half. So she's not quite um, 
pre-K yet, but it, this looks great. The pre-K math that they have numbers and counting up to three, uh-huh. identifying numbers, numbers and counting up to five, comparing positions. Yeah. Also have uh, sizes. So you can teach them long, short, tall, short. Yeah. Um, and then just as you were saying, using the money to count, they give examples of that and patterns, flat shapes. So yeah, I mean, this is this is all stuff that it takes me a while to think on my own. So it's nice to have just this resource to browse and, and see activities. Yeah, it's really um, if you're if you have a student like maybe for the older grades, um, middle school to high school, that it's really into podcasts, the program Wixie, um, it's a, it's a website It's called Wixie.com. Um, they have phenomenal um, tools for for uh, they're all, it's all everything that's electronic where they have a chance to re- how do you spell that is it's, it's w w i x i e dot com x i e okay yeah I'm just looking these up as you're as you're telling me so I can check them out yeah it's this is a really it's definitely for a, a bit of Older kids, if you have a really tech-savvy first grader, I think they'll have fun with this as well. But um, it's a really, it's a very creative platform where the kids have a chance to, um, my, what my daughters have been doing is that they've been creating podcasts. And um, the, it's linked um, through, in order to have an account, you have to have an adult, like a parent, open the account. So at all times it's being monitored. By. As long as you put an email account, um, an adult in email account, it should be monitored um, by a parent. But um, yeah, they, they're doing um, podcasts and really short five minute podcasts. And they're, they love um, art. So that's kind of what my daughters have been doing on their podcast. They haven't shared it with anyone. It's only mom and dad. We've been a feature. <laughs> In their podcast, which is really fun, um, so it's it's a really creative um, website where the kids can really have fun doing a lot of um, technology and computer savvy um, skills. But at the same time, um, it's teaching the kids, you know, twenty first century skills. So definitely, I like that so much. How about for younger kids? Maybe I'm just thinking about that more since my daughter is two and a half. And I know a lot of our listeners are new moms and have younger kids. We definitely have listeners who have older kids too, but uh, most have really little kids. What kind of activities can we do for the five and under range? Yeah. So I would have the kids really a lot of hands-on activities for those little, little tiny ones. Um, Simple things like, um, I would just grab a basket. I, I used to do this with my uh, with my youngest. Well, not the four month old, but my son. He, um, I would get a, a laundry basket, not those like the ones that are pretty small, not the really tall ones. And I would have him just throw all of his soft pillows onto the um, and teddy bears and things like that inside um, the laundry basket. And that would keep him busy for hours. Um, And it really does build on that fine motor skill, basically picking up, you know, toys with their hand, tossing it. Um, That all takes a lot of coordination. A lot of things that we don't think about um, as adults, but for children, it's 
it's it's a it's a learning process for them. So um, that's definitely something that I would encourage um, moms with younger kids to do. Um, also, listening to stories on on YouTube. There's a lot of if you if you were to um, type in like your favorite author, children's author, um, I will guarantee that there they have um, amended their copyrights for teachers and for um, administrators to read their books out loud. Um, because prior to everything that's happening, there's um, you you can't just pick up a book and read it out loud and record yourself and put it on YouTube because there's copyrights conflicts there. But now a lot of the authors have made um, have amend that, and they have allowed um, for for um, teachers just to you know read their books out loud and record themselves. So um, I I used to have a playlist of many read out louds, and my kids loved it because they can see the pictures, the illustration as um, the narrator it's it's reading and that really tends to keep the kids, um, you know, entertained. And then you don't feel so bad that they're watching TV because they're listening to a story. So that's, that's always, um, that's always fun. And, um, and the last activity that I love to do with the little ones as well is Play-Doh. I think that's, kids love Play-Doh as long as it's on the hard surface. That's kind of my rule with my kids, but um, you know, you can grab your laptop and sort of sit at the dining room table and have them, you know, play with Play-Doh, grab um, um, utensils, spoons and things like that, that the kids can make shapes um, and and sort of play with, uh, keep their minds busy and their hands busy. Um, those are some of the things I, I, I would highly recommend for for those little kids. I just got some Play-Doh utensils for my daughter because she really loves Play-Doh. And it's so funny how she's just so happy that she has her own scissors and her own knife and <laughs> and can do everything herself. And it's just yeah. cute. And, and that really does occupy her for a pretty long time. So I can attest to that. Yeah, yeah totally. Even also, um, I remember... Uh, as I, when my son was small, cause he was the one that was always really, really busy. Um, I would get a bucket with newspaper and he was at that, he was around four years old and I would let him just, I, with my supervision, just cut paper. And he would just spend hours cutting newspaper, <laughs> um, with the little tiny scissors. Um, and that really helped him with his, again, with his fine motor skills, holding, um, learning how to hold the, uh, scissors and and the proper use of scissors and and that's a that's a uh, one of those activities that keeps them busy but we do have to keep an eye on them especially when they're using scissors yeah that sounds like an activity that would be really good as well to when they're i don't know maybe about three or four to be able to practice that and as long as you keep an eye on them as you said (laughs) so Uh, those are the activities that i recommend as far as basic things to do at home. Um, I think that right now I have a lot of mommy friends that call me. It's like, should I do this? Should I do that? You know? And it's like, don't stress yourself out. Um, I think it's, it's a lot that's going on out there in the world and it's important as long as there's, you know, the kids at home have a routine and they know a routine and a rhythm of their day, um, that it's not rigid. 
to, that is not too rigid. Um, you know, the kids will be fine and, and they will thrive. I, I do try to incorporate something I forgot to mention. It's a lot of exercise into our daily routine. Um, I usually take time for myself to exercise in the morning, but now with my kids, I make sure that they really have a chance to to either be outside, um, but if it's raining or if it's too cold, like the way that it is today here in Virginia, um, I have them just do simple 10 jumping jacks, um, uh, hop in place 10 times, um, run around the living room, that kind of thing to get that energy out, um, especially uh, right before we have lunch because that really calms them down. They get all of the, their wiggles out and then they're ready for lunch and, and quiet time. So I like that a lot. I'll have to start doing that to get the energy out before lunchtime, especially since we've been having a lot of rainy days here. I know that my daughter has been going a little stir crazy <laughs> since she can't get outside yeah. to get her energy out. So that that's a really great tip. I love that so much. Well, thank you, Darianella, so much for coming on and sharing these educational activities. And hopefully moms will find it helpful. And I just wanted to close and asking the question that we usually ask all of our moms that appear on the show. And that's, uh, is there a time that you realize that it's okay to not be a perfect mom and it's okay to be a good one instead? Yes, I think time when I realized that it was okay to not be a perfect mom was when I felt as though I was running around like a crazy person um, a couple of years ago and trying to accomplish things that I thought um, my children needed. And in reality, what my children need, it's a happy mom, a mom that's present, um, a mom that is there to um, be there when they need me, that is there to laugh at their silly jokes. So um, once I realized that I don't need to, my kids don't need to have, you know, the latest apps or all of the devices or all the toys, it's like those things are great, but what they need the most is me present in the moment um, and happy and joyful. Um, when I realized that, I think um, that's when, you know, and it's something that I have to kind of remind myself from time to time, but I think that I, you know, I was like, wow, okay, I, this is what my kids need and it's fine. And it may look different than what maybe the mom next door is doing, but you know, that's okay. So that's a cool question. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that so much. Thank you for sharing that. Darianella, thank you so much again. And hope you guys are hanging in there. And it sounds like you have a lot of good activities and a good perspective on this. So I really appreciate you taking the time to come on. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Emily. I appreciate it.